Welcome to the Mission City Church Podcast. My name is Jake Eichert, and I am the Community Groups and Creative Director at Mission City Church, as well as the host of this podcast. Each week, you can find full-length sermons, five-minute sermon breakdowns, and inspiring conversations with guests about discipleship, current events, local outreach, and more. Our mission as a church is to make Jesus known, and we pray that this podcast does just that for you. If it does, please subscribe and share. But for now, please enjoy this episode of the Mission City Church Podcast. What's up, everybody? Good morning. Good job every time, man. It makes me feel alive when I hear your voice. Anyway, also, uh, Joe and Megan greeting this morning. Just, just, just great smiling faces for everyone who came in today. Super happy about that. Uh, glad you guys are here today. Uh, my name is Russell. I'm the lead pastor. And uh, yeah, Young's Park, the, the only confusing part about it is there's a road access that you can get to. You can park on the street and get there. Uh, or you can, there's a bridge that you have to cross that's uh, near the tennis courts and the pickleball courts. But hope to see you there Tuesday night. It's going to be a hot one. So wear, make sure you hydrate, especially if you're going to play pickleball. Uh, I'll actually try to reserve those courts for us as well. Uh, super excited about that. So before we get going today, uh, I did want to bring, just, just bring up something uh, to talk about with y'all uh, that's been in the news. Uh, I'm sure that you, uh, if you follow the news closely, uh, or maybe even not so closely, if you've been on social media at all, you've seen stuff that's going on in Afghanistan. And, um, and I just want to just briefly comment uh, about it, um, not to be political, but just to say, as a community, we have one of our values, it's our second value, is to dialogue well. And so because of that, we, we want to talk about things as they come up. Uh, again, not to, to go to, to politicize them, but just to say, hey, as Jesus followers, as Christ followers, what does it look like for us, or how should we engage uh, in something like this? So I'll, I, I can comment if you have if, if you guys have uh, conver- if you want to talk to me about this conversation or this in, if infuriates you, just come talk to me uh, after. I'd love to talk to you about it. But I really think it's just more of a posture thing. There's a couple things um, that as I've as, as I've talked to people this week, it's really important. Now I did not serve uh, in Afghanistan. One of my best friends did, and uh, and so and I was talking to someone that if you know someone um, that has served in Afghanistan, um, I would encourage you to reach out to them and s- just see how they're doing. Like that would, that would be step one. You say, hey, what's, what's some advice for this? Uh, just check in on them and see how it's doing because I know that there is a, there's a sense of uh, what, why did we do this kind of thing. And I think just checking in on them as individuals, as human beings for their own mental health and just to let them know that, that you care would be a good thing. So if you have friends that are doing that, that would be good. Another thing that we, we can do is uh, we can pray. We can pray, uh, not one, pray specifically for the, the Christians there and also for the women there who had increased freedoms uh, over the last 20 years. And now it looks like they, they, they say they're not going to take some of those back, but it looks like it might be difficult for that. So we can pray for that. And pray for the, not just not just we only care about these people. No, we should pray for everybody as well. Uh, and we're, we're going to take some time uh, and do that in a minute. Just just you can quietly do it and I'll pray over that country. And then we're also looking for places. Uh, we have a connection from our sending church. There's there's someone that we know in country, but they have they have since left uh, last week. And so um, we're looking for ways that we can help in some ways outside of praying uh, in a monetary fashion. So, um, and then finally, the third thing I just want to say is some people will say, well, this is the sign of the end times, uh, which uh, maybe it is, I don't know. Um, 
you'll, this is what you'll get from me from the end times. I'm not very much so, and if I change on this, please let me know because I'd like to be aware. Like, cause I feel like if I, if I shift in a, in a hardcore direction, I won't be very self-aware. I'll just be like, no, this is the way to go. But I really take into Jesus' words when he says, hey, you won't know like the time or the place. Like you won't know when. Like I'm not that guy. Uh, I, I'm not the guy that's like every looking at the news and like looking at the horizon and say, this is a sign and this is a sign and this is a sign. I'm just not that guy. I know people that are and that's cool. I don't have any beef with them. That's just not who I am. Um, and also, but Jesus did say, hey, you're not going to know. Like it's, it's not something you're going to be able to figure out. You're not going to know. And so I, I have like, I have comfort in that. Um, also, historically, just, just, just for us to think about this, every generation has thought themselves to be in the last days. So it's not like, it's not something new for people to go, yeah, like I'm in the, we're, we're in the last days. Everyone has thought that. And so, and so far they've all been wrong. Um, and I just think, I, I just think you have to live with an internal perspective uh, and we have to know and, and one hope that Jesus is going to come back, back. We believe that and, and live like he's going to come back tomorrow and share the gospel, make disciples, love our neighbor, love him with everything that we have. Um, and so I just wanted to share that. So, um, so but yeah, so if, if, do I think Jesus come back? Yes. When? I don't know. So, um, but for us as a community, like we want to be engaged in how we can how we can care for the world around us. And so I feel like we should just pray right now, like in our service, we should take some time and just pray for the people in Afghanistan. And I'm going to do that uh, publicly and you can do that privately. Um, and then we'll jump into James chapter four. So Lord Jesus, uh, I thank you for, um, I thank you God that you are in control. I thank you God that, that you are king. Uh, but God, right now we just pray for, um, frankly, the chaos that's going on across the world. Uh, and God, we pray for those who are in fear. We pray for those who are hurting. We pray for those who have suffered because of this change. God, we pray that you would comfort them, that you would give them grace, that you would love them. God, pray for specifically for the, 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 the women and children and, and, and the believers that are, that are over there, God. God, I pray for, for order and for peace in some capacity. God, I pray for changed hearts of the leaders over there to like love their people, to, 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 to give freedom to learn and to be educated, um, to freedom of religion, God, just to, to be able to express and to profess you as Lord, God, without the fe free, uh, fearing of persecution. Uh, but God, we just ask that you would be God in the circumstances because we are not, and so we, we, we put our hearts and our trust in you and we, we, we lean on you. Uh, God, I pray for those who have served uh, and maybe have, lost, have, have either lost friends or uh, people we know that we may, maybe someone has lost a loved one in this room or know of someone that has lost a loved one. God, just pray that you would comfort those people. Uh, God, I'm sure there are people that are asking why or what's the point, and I don't know the answer to those questions. Those are two, those are two uh, above us, but God, we know that you can comfort. We know that you can love. You know it can be gracious. So God, show us how to minister in this season uh, with the chaos going on in the world. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So thanks for doing that. And just so you know, we'll, we'll do that from time to time with stuff. We won't do it you know, every week, but as things come up in our world, like we want to talk about them. It's just the reality of it. Sometimes this is not the best context to have that conversation. Sometimes it's more of a face-to-face, -face, but 
You know, we're going we're gonna to talk about things like that. So if you have your uh, Bibles uh, or you have those, those journals that we pass out, uh, you can open up to James chapter 4, verse 13. That's where we're going to be starting today. We're going to start in James chapter 4. We're going to end up in the middle of James chapter 5, which I'm excited about today. Um, and so today we're going to be looking at two different sections where James is actually addressing uh, two, I believe, two different groups of wealthy individuals, wealth, wealthy, wealthy groups uh, that he's talking about. He's giving two different instructions. I'll explain why I think they're, 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 they're two different, but well, actually I'll tell you now. One is the first section that we're talking about, the end of four, is actually for believers who are these Jewish believers who are trying to jump onto the economic boom uh, that's happening in the first century with the Roman Empire. They're trying to move out of Jerusalem and go to all of these different places, which is cool. I mean, you know, economic booms, woohoo, yay. Um, and then, but he's giving them instruction. The second one is actually uh, a challenge, not to, it, what I actually believe is to unbelievers. So yes, there are times where people in the Bible write sections of scripture to unbelievers. If you're like, I don't believe you, look at like half the prophets, okay? Like if you look at the Old Testament and the prophets, they write to pagan nations who are doing horrible things and God's judgment's going to slap down on him. You know what I'm saying? So that's kind of what we think this is that James is reminiscing or is trying to add to this. Now I do want I do want to make something incredibly clear here. Uh, I don't know I don't know about what your view is on this, but but I do want to say as a citizen of the United States, we have to recognize that you are living in the wealthiest nation in the world. Can we all agree to that? No? <laughs> I need some affirmative yes. Are we all agreeing to that? Like, we live in a pretty nice place, yes? All right, U.S. led in GDP by like $7 trillion last year, okay? Like, we're in a, we're in a good spot from a standpoint. We lucked out on, on the whole, you got born into the, into the United States. We lucked out. Now, what I'm not saying is this. I'm not saying because of the wealth of our nation, it doesn't mean that there are big wealth gaps and that it might be hard day to day to pay your bills and you might be in a low spot right now. I'm not saying that at all. I'm saying that's, that's an incredibly possible situation. I am just saying that, that, that we as people, like we need to realize that we are wealthy. And if you don't believe me, come with me to Haiti. Come with me to Brazil. Come with me to any other part of the world uh, that's not in, in, in the West, and you'll see. You'll be like, dang, that's crazy. So, and the reason I say that is this, is, is you're like, you, you might say, sometimes you can read these passages where they're, they're, they're talking to the wealthy, if you will, and it's like, well, I'm not, I'm not like the super rich. I'm not like the 1%, so I'm not, I'm not going to listen to that. And, and as, as, as people who have been born with resources, economic resources, I, th I think, I, I, maybe it's wrong, but I just like, uh, no, I need to listen to that too. Maybe I'm just like, oh, that's, like anytime I read something about a sinner in the Bible, I'm like, oh, that's me too. Um, that's me too. Like, maybe I just have a very low view of self, but it's like, no, I, I can learn and I can grow as a human being from this as well. So let's look at the first section. It starts in 4 ver verse 13. And it goes like this. It says, come now, who you say, today or tomorrow we will go into such and such town and spend a year there and trade and make a profit. Yet you do not know what, what tomorrow will bring. What is your life? For you are a mist that appears for a little time and then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we will live or do this or that. As it, as, as it is, you boast in your arrogance. All such boasting is evil. 
So whoever knows the right thing to do and fails to do it, for him it is sin. So I love this. One of the things I love about James is when you read James, he echoes Jesus because he's his brother. And, and when I read this passage, the first verse that I think about this uh, is it's from the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 6, 34, where Jesus says, Therefore do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Now those are like tangentially connected with this idea of not knowing what tomorrow brings and focusing on today. But like, what is James actually talking about here? Now, you might say, well, where's the wealthy in this? So again, so verse 14, where this person that's saying today or tomorrow, I'm going to go over to this town, I'm going to spend a year there, and I'm going to trade, I'm going to make some money. This is the Jewish person or the Jewish Christian who is trying to climb on the e- economic boom of the, of the Mediterranean. There was an increase in commercial market caused, causing Jewish people to move to these major cities like the Decapolis, uh, and the Jews were leaving to pursue financial gain all across the Mediterranean. And they were, they were doing it, and, and James is describing this practice uh, as well. So, but what's the problem? Like, why can't they go and, you know, why can't they go and do this thing? Like, why can't they go and pursue this career? Is it wrong to make plans? Is this what James is saying? I'm not supposed to make any plans. I'm just supposed to live today. No, he's not, I mean, you, I guess you could make an extreme case that he's arguing that point. But I don't, I don't think that's where he's going. I think what James is, what James is trying to say, he's not, he's not saying that it's wrong to make plans. What he's saying is it's wrong to make plans without God. It's wrong to make plans without asking and relying and leaning into the direction and plan that God may or may not have for your life. What James is addressing is is this self-reliance, this this self-made manness or the self-made human being that that has that is that is, is found this wealth because of their hard work and because of their plan and they're doing this and you don't hear this you don't hear them including God in in the picture at all. They're miss they're kind of missing the point. And here's the thing is we love stories like this. Every time I read this and I think about like the, the self-reliant person, the only thing that comes to my mind, it's football season, right? I, I just hear, and it's just whispering, Rudy, 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 Rudy. And I don't even know why, because Rudy was like not even that much of a self-made man. Great movie. Don't really like Notre Dame, by the way. That's a different issue for a different day. But like, you know, but like Rudy just like pulling himself by his bootstraps just to make it onto the field for one play at garbage time. You know, like, wow, that's amazing. He really made it. He really made an impact. Now we're talking about him. Now there's a movie. Now, if you love Rudy and I'm, like, destroying you right now, I'm so sorry. So I'm not intending to. But we, like, we love, we love these stories about this accomplishment, about hard work, and about putting your head down, and about climbing, and about climbing, and you can do it, and no one can do it, and I, like, I've earned it, and I've done it, and, like, that's great. Like, I love, I'm, I'm not saying don't work hard. I'm not saying, like, don't dream. It's just that God wants to be a part of your plans. Like, God wants to be a part of your life. And, like, I would rather to be lifted and exalted by God and put into places where he's put me than me saying, hey, I did this all by myself. It's, 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 it's this pride, it's a, it's a pride uh, it's a prideful thing in us. And so James, he direct, d- 
deals with it by addressing the frailty of life, by talking about, hey, how short life is. Your life is like a breath. Your life is like a breath. And then, and then he, he encourages, he says in verse 15, he says, this is what it should say, if the Lord wills, we will live and do this or that. If the Lord wills, we, sh- we, we will do this or that. So he's not saying, hey, like, it's not bad to do that, but it's like we should consult. We should be in somewhat of a community or a relationship or united with Christ that, that we have an understanding or a grips of his will. And if it isn't his will, I need to be okay with that. If it isn't his will, I have to be okay with that. You know, I think this is why something like Sabbath exists. The, the practice of Sabbath is, so, so really it's all the way established in the garden. God creates the world in six days, and then what does he do on the seventh? He, he rests. And then in the Ten Commandments in Exodus, he, he establishes it as an official commandment, if you will. But it's, what, it, what is Sabbath actually doing? You're resting, right? You're stopping, you're ceasing from work. But, but what you're doing is you're saying that for a 24-hour period of time, I am going to believe that without my work and my effort, the world will keep turning. I'm, I'm realizing that I, I trust God that six days of effort will be enough, and I put the rest, I put all of these things, I put all of my trust in Him that He's going to keep it going for that one 24-hour period of time or the 18 hours that you're not sleeping. Or 16, I guess, depending on how much you sleep. And uh, I mean, and, and it's, it's, that's what it's intended to do. It's, 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 a, it's a self-reliant, it's not a self-reliance practice. It's to fight self-reliance to say, no, I'm not going to only be self-made. Yes, I'm going to work hard. Yes, I have plans, but I'm going to invite God to be a part of them, and I'm going to let him lead me and guide me, and even I'm going to stop and rest, and I'm going to enjoy him, and I'm going to enjoy this creation that he's given me because I believe that he can move things forward even when, I, when I'm not working. Like, um, so even corporately, if you're like, well, that doesn't make any sense. That's not financially doesn't make any sense. Um, there's this great all-American restaurant called Chick-fil-A. Have you ever been there? I mean, it's like, the, it's like manna from heaven. Not really, but it's really good. And they take, Sunday, they take Sundays off, and now you're all mad because you're going to want a sandwich after lunch today. But they like, they're like one of the most profitable fast food chains in the country, in the world. And they take a day off. And it's incredible, and God continues to grow them. They're, my brother works for them, so I know a little bit about them, but they, they operate solely on cash. So they have tons of money, and they keep growing, and, and just their restaurants by themselves, the, like their revenue is so much greater than even the fast food chains ahead of them who have way more stores. It's incredible. I, I, I don't know. So, so anyway, but I'm getting on a tangent, but, but this, is, this is to say like there is a reliance. Their founder, uh, True Kathy, wanted to honor the Sabbath because he wanted to lean in and trust God for his business. In, in Arabic, there's a phrase that they use, if you ever go to an Arabic country, uh, I've been to the Holy Land a couple times, uh, and any time they say, like, hey, I'll see you tomorrow, and they say this phrase, inshallah, I'm probably saying it horribly, so if you know Arabic, or I don't, I'm, I'm from the South, I struggle with what it's supposed to sound like, you know what I'm saying? But it's this phrase, inshallah, and, uh, and the, it simply translated means, if the Lord wills it. And so, hey, you want to you wanna meet tomorrow? Yeah, I'll see you tomorrow, inshallah. Hey, I'm going to go on vacation over here, inshallah, if the Lord wills it. It almost sounds like inshallah, which is not what I'm saying. Uh, 
And I'm not trying to, to disrespect that phrase. I'm just saying, again, southern boy, Arabic word, no bueno. You know what I mean? So, but, um, but it's this idea of including, including the Lord uh, into, um, into your life. And so, like, what is something, if you're like, what, what's the practical application of this today is, what is something that you've excluded God on in, in your decision making? Where is there a path, where is there a place where you're saying, hey, I'm going to go over there and I'm going to make a big profit, I'm going to make a lot of money, or I'm going to go over here and I'm going to have this success over here, but you haven't consulted God on, like, does he want you to go over there? Does he want you to go over there? You know, uh, there's, a, there's a study uh, done on teenagers recently that talks about their different views of God. And... Um, and they, they basically like summed it up into two different categories where, 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 um, where teenagers think of God in two ways. One is either a divine butler or a divine therapist. Like God is there t- for you to pray to, to ask for your Santa checklist, and he's there to wait on you. And if he doesn't get you what you want, then you don't either leave him or you come back later or you just forget about it. And then you have this divine therapist, um, which is more of like a counselor, uh, practical advice, supposed to give you like all of, the, all of the, good, the good things that you need so that you can live this life. And what they found in this study is that, that, that the teenagers were not interested in God at all, uh, like being with God. They were just interested in what they could get from him. Like, th- he's, he's almost like a vending machine, or he's like an ATM, where I can just, I go, and I, g- I get what I know him to be, and then, then, I, then I don't, th- then I move on. And they're not a- actually interested in him at all. And so, and I think this is true of us, too. It's like, sometimes we have these pictures of God that, that we, and it's not your fault, and it's not, it's maybe not anyone's fault, particularly, maybe it is someone's fault, I don't know. But we have these pictures in our minds of how God is supposed to operate, and some of them are not even wrong. It's just taken to the extreme. They, like, they get, they get us out of place, and they get us into a place where, where, like, we are more transactional with God as opposed to wanting to be with Him. And so there's four ideas. I think I have the slide on here, Soren. Let's see if it's up here. Right. Is it? Yes? No? Did it come up? All right, cool. No. Sweet. So there, there's four, there's these four ideas, uh, and they're simple. So the first one is uh, life under God. And uh, this idea is, is if for life under God, it's all about obeying God's commandments. And then when I obey God's commandments, I get his blessing, and God will be on my side. And again, that, there's nothing wrong with that in its own way. Like, it, you should be obey what God has called us to do. You should try to live for him and do those things. But again, it comes very transactional because, hey, God, I'm following you. Why isn't life working out the way I want it to? I'm doing what you call me to do. Like, you're supposed to bless me now. Where's my blessing? Like, he's supposed to sprinkle some water on you. Where's my blessing? You know what I'm saying? Um there's life over God, which is this idea that God is the source for advice and for, for practical advice and wisdom, which he is. He is. And so, like, we look at God as this idea where, you know, we come to him. And this is more like the divine counselor as well, our therapist. Like, we come to him, we go to the Proverbs, and we got the wisdom for life. And if I do these principles, it's all going to make sense. And then we read Ecclesiastes, and it's all hevel if you've been here for a few months. If you haven't, we can talk about that later. But, but, but here's the thing. It's like, like that, there's nothing wrong with that in general other than, again, it becomes, God becomes super transactional. Uh, some people live life, fr- uh, they live life from God. 
Like we recognize that he's our provide uh, provider. Like he is the giver of your breath and life. Like you can't control, like you can control your breath, but like you, like when I sleep, I can't control my breath. I'm just breathing, you know what I'm saying? Like, and if I, if I don't end up breathing, I die or I wake up and it's not good. But like he, he becomes this divine vending machine. And the last thing is we live life for God, which is the fourth one, which is everything, uh, everything for the mission of God. So it's everything for evangelism and discipleship. And we look at this for our purpose in this life. So we, we can live under God or, above or, or, or excuse me, over God or from God or for God. But all of these things, and again, all of them in themselves, if you look at them, good principles. But what they end up doing is they end up being super transactional, super, and, 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 and eventually, like, God will disappoint you in that transaction, and you, then you think God is not good, or you think that God is, is not on your side, or you think that where is God, and that's maybe not even the, int- the, the initial intention as well. And so instead, instead of thinking of those four ways, what we, what we need to do is we need to think of life with God. It's not, it's, not, it's, not, it's not under him or over him or for him or from him. It's with him. That like it's, it, We are meant to live our lives with him. It, I mean, it's, it's described, it's been to me described since I was in fourth or fifth grade as a personal relationship with Jesus, which sounds cheesy if you've been in the church for a long time, but it's this idea that you can literally walk with God, your life with God. You can include him in on your, in on your life as well. And so, um, if you picture something like you like you really treasure, like imagine uh, how many of you are car people? Anyone car people? All right, three of you, awesome. Maybe four. Um, like think about your dream car. Okay, someone shout it out to me. Joe, I already know you got it, so go ahead, yell it to me. <laughs> I'm sorry, what? <laughs> A Ferrari 458. How much does that cost? Okay, just like, just a four hundo. That's cool. Um, all right. So, how many of you are, you're not car people? I'm not a car person. I drove a Honda Fit for ten years. So, and I'm not dogging Honda Fits. Those are the best cars ever. I'm just saying it's a mini minivan, and I was 22 years old when I bought it. I have issues. Okay, so definitely not a car person. How many of you are vacation people? Like love going on experience of vacation. All right, yeah. Give me a vacation or give me death. Let's go, baby. All right. So. Um, where, where's a good place that you haven't gone that you want to go to? Someone shout it out. <laughs> okay, babe. <laughs> you picked the wrong career. <laughs> uh, anyway, that's my wife, if you didn't know. So, uh, Fiji, that's cool. So, that would be a cool place. My, my friend, my best friend, who actually went to Afghanistan, went to Fiji for his honeymoon. But I guess that's what you get for being an officer in the military. So, um, all right, so what about, let's see, what else? What's something else that you would treasure or love? Hmm. What about, like, a, anyone, like, house people? Like, you want, like, a big house? You have your dream house? Like, when you watch HTV, like, you just, like, just lose your mind over the dream house. You, like, submit your, anyone like that? No? When I bu- okay, cool, no one. Sweet. So, um, anyway, but, but there's these things. Th- think of something, if house, car, vacation, it uh, could be an item. could be something that you're, like a hobby. Like, if you're into cycling, like, this, your favorite bicycle, right? Or if you're, if you're into food, like, going to, like, your favorite restaurant. Uh, but, you, like, you, like, 
you like those things, right? Not only that, like you treasure those things. You dream, like if, if, if it was, like for me, if I, was, if I had a Fiji vacation coming up, I would be dreaming about that all the time. I'd be thinking about it every day. I'd be looking on, online about what do people wear in Fiji when they go to dinner? <laughs> I'd, be, I'd be like linen pants and sandals all day long. I'd be rocking me a, a seashell necklace. Come on now. And a big hat, you know what I'm saying? But I'd just be thinking about it. Now, now there's, there is a difference between just treasuring something and actually, like, like it, actually having it. You know what I'm saying? Like, if all I do is dream about Fiji, but I never go to Fiji, then I, then I, then I, don't, get, then I don't get its complete fulfillment. You know what I'm saying? If all you do is dream about this big Ferrari that costs $400,000, and you never get to drive one. You never get to experience it. It's just, it's just this abstract thing that it, you get to kind of connect to. And maybe you look at, at pictures on, on, if you read whatever magazine or cars, or it's like your background on your, your phone. You know what I mean? If all you do is think and dream about this idea, you could treasure something without ever having it. And then, then that becomes a different issue. And, and the reason I'm bringing this up is because, like, for us to live life with God, like, he has to be our treasure. He has to be the thing that you treasure more than anything else. He has to be the thing that you put above everything else. He has to be the thing that you love and long for and you desire to be with. He has to be the thing that, 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 is, that is number one in your life. And if he's not, which for all of us, he's not to some capacity. As Evan talked about earlier when he was praying about the caves of our lives, there's spaces in our lives that he is not that. And so what we have to do is we have to replace whatever lie we are believing with the truth that he is our treasure. Like He is great and awesome and wonderful, and he should be treasured above everything else. And then, and then, then to actually get to it, like, like we have to realize that you can connect with God. Like, if you are not a follower of Jesus, He made a way from you by dying on the cross and rising again, so that you could have life and forgiveness and hope and love. And 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 and, and, and He get, He puts His Spirit inside of us to lead us and guide us and connect us with Him as well. And then, and then, but like to truly, to truly enjoy that Ferrari, what do you have to actually do, Joe? You got to drive it. <laughs> you could even have it. It could be sitting in your garage. You could be washing it every Saturday because someone looked at it the wrong way and it got dirty. For you to go, for you to enjoy, to, to, for you to, 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 to actually completely to fulfill like a trip to Fiji, you have to step off the plane and to experience it. And for us, is if we're going to be people who include Jesus in our life, we're going to be people who, who, who say, Lord, if you will this, like I, I'm good to go and go over here and, and to make a ton of money. Or God, if you don't will this, I won't go and I'll make less money. Whoa, that sounds really scary. But it's this idea of like, God, if Jesus becomes your treasure, we live life with him, not just, not just for him, not just from him, not just over or under him, but, but, but he, is, he literally is our treasure. And then we spend time with him, we enjoy him, and we include him on everything, we, everything that we do. I, I love walking on the beach. I love, as a kid, when I, when I used to walk on the beach with my family, walking, trying to jump into my dad's footsteps. I used to love that. 
And this is, this is the picture, this is the, this is the image I get when I think about what does life with God look like? It, lo- it looks like that. It looks like God takes a step and you take a step and you say, hey God, I want to go over here. Can I go over here? And he's like, yes. And, and you watch him lead you in that way. And then you're, you run the other way because you see a bird and you want to like go chase it or you see a wave and you're like, where did you go, dad? And then, and then you're like, oh, you got to go run back and go find him. But for us, if we want to, get, if we want to grasp this, like we have to live life with him experience him and that, I mean there's 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 tons of way to connect with him daily devotion different things like that too but but like outside of that like in the way that you work in the way that you play in the way that you lead your family in the way that you hang out with your friends like in the way that you set up your schedule in the way that you go on vacation in the way that you choose what house you're going to buy in the way that you take another job or a promotion like have you included God in the process are you living life with him man I spent way too much time on that <laughs> so I don't have time to go into the next point, so sorry. <laughs> I'm going to invite the band to come back up. Um, so we take communion every week. If you didn't get one, there's, um, you can run down really fast. You can go grab one around the corner. They're on a the table. But we take communion every week. And, um, and this, like, you, people, some people ask me, like, why do we do this and why do we do this every week? So, you know, traditionally you take communion, it's a, it's a, a symbol of Jesus' death and resurrection, uh, specifically his death, and then I always add the resurrection because he had to rise again so we could have new life. Um, and it's awesome, I mean, it's, it's a great thing. But like this is a, this is a time, like this, this is a treasure moment right here. This is a driving the car moment right here. This is, a, this is a stepping off the plane and seeing the beach of Fiji and they hand you one of those $4.50 Fiji waters. You know what I mean? Like this, this is one of those moments. And, um, and it, it is because this is a time where we remember the fact that, that we talk about the good news about being united with God or, 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 or God making a way for us. This is, this is the moment in history where God humbled himself and stepped out of heaven and came to earth and lived a life. And he, and he told people about this kingdom that he was starting. He said, hey, change your mind for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. There's a new king in town and he's the king and it's not a king who comes and conquers. He's a king who comes and lays down his life. And that's exactly what he did. That's what he did for us. That's what he did for you. That's what he did for me. And he, w- he invites us to be a part of him. And so if you've never followed Jesus before, we just invite you to follow him. Say, hey, well, how do I do that? Just start following him. Come hang out with us. Have a conversation with us. Lean into the fact that, that, that this king laid down his life for you so that he w- would make a way so that you could not only treasure him but be in relationship with him and to enjoy him. And so, and we come to this piece of bread as a symbol of his body that was broken before he was put on a cross where his blood was shed. And that's what this, this, this juice symbolizes as well. And so I don't know what you need to do today. I don't know what you need to confess today, but maybe it's a confession of living life without Jesus. Maybe it's a confession of, of you making decisions in your own self-power, in your own self-madeness. Maybe it's in you, you doing things without him, and maybe it's time for you to treasure him. Maybe it's time for you to enjoy him, to experience him, to, to, to let him lead you and guide you in every bit of this life and find the joy that comes from walking with your Father.
So whenever you're ready, you can take this. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray over this, and then we're going to sing a few songs. So Lord Jesus, we pray that you would bless today, God. We, we praise you that you, we don't have to just live for you, or, or we don't have to just, just do all the right things, and then we'll find your blessing, or, or just find all the wisdom from, 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 from your scriptures. But God, like we can live with you. We can actually walk with you. You can actually lead us and direct us and guide us. And you have plans for us, God. Someone needs to hear that today, that God has a plan for your life and there's a reason for whatever is going on today in your life. And God wants to lead you and guide you and he's just waiting for you to enjoy him. He's just waiting for you to acknowledge that he is, he is, the, he is the greatest, he is, he is the best, his goodness never runs out. And so God, we, we love you so much. We, we praise you for the cross. We praise you that you made a way for us. And so, God, we lift up your name. We praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Mission State Church podcast. Mission State Church is a non-denominational church in Mission, Kansas. We meet on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. at Cinemark 20 off of Johnson Drive and I-35. We also have two community groups that meet every other Tuesday and Thursday. If you live in the Kansas City area and would like more information, please visit our website at missioncitykc.com or you can email me at jake at missioncitykc.com.